מכל חוכמה. רבנו נחמן אלפגי מצמחה, נא נח נחמן נחמן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו על כל ישראל אמן. סו בעזרת השם, I was looking through this week's parasha, בארבע חוקותיי, to try to find something I thought was really nice on this week's parasha, something very practical, because when you get into Sefer Vayikra, it's a known thing that it becomes very difficult to bring it down into practical masse, into action, because a lot of the laws are very... Um, monetary based or korbanot and all these things that find very difficult to bring it into lemase um, as we say. So looking through Likotei Arachot which is Rabbi Nathan's main work a work that basically um, brings the lessons of Likotei Moran Rabbi Nachman's main work into Shulchan Aruch and brings you the deeper understanding as to what the mitzvot that we do are and why we perform the Shulchan Aruch according to the way it is. So the entire book is based on Lemaase. So the second you open up, you, you open up Likot Halachot, you're amazed by how much he transforms the Halachot, which seem completely unpractical. For example, laws of um, goring animals, animals that gore a human being, what you have to do to them, or laws of a person who steals, how much he has to pay, or laws of uh, money when a person tries to deceive someone, what happens if he overcharges a person. All these laws that seem completely unpractical a lot of the time, Rabbi Nathan is going to transform them in a way to understand how actually that's a reference to Avodat Hashem. And how actually that relationship between you and your person who you're charging, whether it's you in business, whether it's you, um, whatever it might be, in, that doesn't seem practical, and you and your farm, you and your animal, Shemitah, right? Yover, all these laws that we're going to see because this week's parasha Behar starts with Shemitah. So we're going to understand how Rabbi Natan transforms that into a way that's met something that we can work on ourselves in its a piece of advice that can completely change your Avodat Hashem. So, it says in this week's parasha, Bechukotai, something amazing. And to understand what we're going to say, we're going to have to go into the Gemara Nedarim, Daf Pe Aleph, Amud Aleph, over there, to really see what Rabbi Natan is saying with regard to this question that he's going to bring. So it says in this week's parasha in Bechukotai, and we know in Behar, this is the second half of this week's parasha, it's two parashas this week. Behar speaks about Shemitah, it speaks about monetary laws, and there's a beautiful Likot Arachot that speaks about what happens when a person overcharges someone. In business, for example, there's a market price for something, for example, a bag of lentils, right? Let's say it's five bucks, and you overcharge a person, and you make him charge him six bucks. What ends up happening? You know? And what happens if the person deceives the man he's selling to, And all these laws that what the person has to do, does he have to take back the item, is the sale considered valid, all this stuff, right? And there's many beautiful laws. Rabbi Nathan has an amazing inyan. We're going to skip that, put it aside, and we're going to go into an inyan, which is very special, about what it says in the Torah in Bechukotai. Bechukotai is about this, this azhara from Hashem, this warning, in which Hashem is telling the Jewish people, do not leave the Torah because this and this and this will happen to you. And he explains what it means in Bechukotai Terechu, Be'ed Mitzvotai Tishmoru, If you walk along my ways, my chukot, my, my statutes, and if you will keep my mitzvot, that what? That you will attain all these good things, these brachot, the shefa. But, uh, and what did Rashi say over there? in Bechukotat ilechu? That what does it mean that a person who walks upon the chukot of the Torah, with the statutes of the Torah, that en ha-Torah mitkayemet, ela al mishememit atmo la Torah. The Torah does not fulfill itself unless upon a person who kills himself over the Torah. What does that mean, Rashi says? Yegiyah Torah, to toil in the Torah. Meaning, the Torah is not something that comes to you whenever it works for you, I accept it whenever it doesn't work for you, but I don't understand it, I won't do it. No, the Torah is something you toil in. 
that there's an amelut batorah, there's a toiling in the Torah. And Rabbi Nachman says that the amelut of this world, the suffering of this world, the toiling of this world, you cannot escape. So either you enter in Gashmiut, you'll try to go earn as much money as you want, but you'll never find Simcha. Because it says in the Gemara, what did it say? The more possessions you have, the more worries you have. Which means you will, every time you ten, uh, try to attain something by Gashmiut, when it's not for Hashem Itbarach, you're always going to be lacking more. As it says in the Gemara, that a person doesn't die with that, um, that a person dies with half his desires in his hand. Meaning he will never ever attain even half of what he wants. Because of the greed of this world. This world is trying to mislead us into thinking that we can attain simcha in this world because of ta'avot, desires, because of this thing, money, honor. All these things are complete shekerah. And Rabbi Nachman says, the only way you can escape the shekel of this world is if you enter the amelut of the Torah. Because you're going to suffer in this world. This world's complete of suffering. It's completely filled with suffering. One time a student of Rabbi Nathan came to Rabbi Nathan and asked him if there's gainam in this world. And Rabbi Nathan said, of course there's gainam in this world. And he explained to him why. The man started asking questions and asking questions and asking questions. And he said, I'll explain to you why there's gainam in this world specifically. How a person can live hell in this world. Because he said, when you, a person who wants to fill his, all desire, his desires in this world, when he's going to fill them one by one by one, and time will pass until he has 15 minutes left before he dies, and he's on his deathbed, those 15 minutes, he's going to start asking himself the question, what if actually there was reward and punishment? What if there is Hashem in What if I just spent my days, my entire life, in a complete gashmiut? And those last 15 minutes, when you're going to ask yourself these questions, Maybe I did something wrong in this world and I didn't actually contemplate my purpose. That's going to be your living gain now. That's going to be your living hell. You know why? Because those last 15 minutes, you're going to realize that your entire life was futile. It was worthless. And perhaps I was mistaken. And the man started crying on the spot. He said, I never had a thought of teshuvah like I did in that time when I spoke to Rabbi Natan. This man was a complete kofar. I didn't believe in Hashem. I might have said student earlier, but then a student. He, couldn't, he didn't believe in Hashem at all. But when he came before Rabbi Natan, he said, with me though, I'm a happy person because I'm completely rid of the desires of this world. I don't, I don't want anything. Which means that anytime I try to fill something, it's not filling it in this world. What, is, what does Rabbi Nachman say? I will tell you how they were once happy. And he starts the story of the seven beggars. The biggest tale he ever told, he said, if I came to this world just to tell this tale, this story, the last of the 13 tales, he said, I would be a complete chidush, a complete novelty. Because this tale encompasses the entire story of the world. All the desires, all the questions, all the answers, everything's in it. And it has all the answers for a person who's searching for the emet. So Rabbi Nachman says, he says, this world, there's, you cannot find simcha in the ta'avot of this world. It doesn't exist. But what is, I'll tell you how they were once happy. You know how? He starts speaking about seven beggars. A beggar who's what? Who's blind, can't see. A beggar who's deaf, can't hear. A beggar who has no speech. A beggar who has a hunchback. A beggar who has no hands, no legs. All these people who have deficiencies in every single category of their life. But you know what Rabbi Nachman says? They were the most happy. You know why? Because the beggar with no eyes represents the person who has shmirat The person who has no eyes for this world. When he sees money on a table full of money, he laughs at it. Rabbi Natan, as a, as a young child, he grew up in a very wealthy family. His father, Rabbi Naftali, was very wealthy. He had lots of business. And in his house, there were two tables. A table full of cash and a table full of svarim. 
And the entire family would laugh at the table full of cash. He took a sonei abetza, the idea to hate money to another degree. Because he understood that money in this world is not something you can fill your simcha with. When money is used for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then that's a different story. But really, Be'emet, we have to understand what it means to really serve Hashem with all the Gashmiut. To serve Hashem from the level of this world, which is Gashmiut and Chomer and all this stuff. So, we see here this inyan. How do you attain the mitvot and the chukot of the Torah? Toiling in the Torah. Nothing comes easy. We know there's things that come with suffering, and the, the things that have to come with suffering. Eretz Yisrael is one of them, the Torah is one of them. The Torah does not come easy. So the main thing is to enter the Torah understanding that it's difficult. But what does Rabbi Nachman say? The difficulty in serving Hashem is a big matanah, it's a big gift. You want to understand why? Because when you begin to serve Hashem, and it's very difficult as it is always, because when you serve Hashem, nothing is easy at the beginning. As Rashi writes down, all the beginnings are difficult, especially in the Torah. So if that's the case, if all the beginnings are difficult, Rabbi Nachman says it's a very big gift. You want to understand why? Because later, when you're going to attain the sweetness of the Torah, the Arevut of the Torah, and you're going to understand that actually the Torah is a complete simcha, because when you're rid of the desires of this world, the bad blood within you, that you have no more desires for this thing, for... Um, all these desires of the bad, desires of this world, when you, when you don't want that anymore and you're completely rid of it and you recognize there's one purpose in this world to serve Hashem Ba and to unite with your Creator, then actually you've attained complete simcha. Because what's true simcha? When simcha isn't dependent on anything. If you say your simcha is dependent on money, then the second your money leaves you is the second your simcha is dead. If you say you're dependent upon finding a wife, simcha is dependent upon finding a wife, and what? Simcha will be dependent upon finding a wife. And if your wife, if you don't, your wife doesn't come in the next 10 days, the next week, and the next thing, you're just going to be sad. Rabbi Nachman says the main thing of Simcha is right now. The main thing of Simcha is Hayom. Hayom Today if you will heed my voice. And by the way, if anyone has any questions or anything, uh, go, for, go for it as long as it's on the same subject. And God willing, at the end, we'll also ask questions. But uh, the main thing is Simcha is right now. Wherever you are positioned right now, even with all the deficiencies, all the lacks that you have, that's the ultimate simcha. Who's the wealthy man? The one who's happy with his portion. So Rabbi Nachman says, true simcha is when you're dependent upon nothing. When you have complete emunah in Hashem, that wherever Hashem has put you is good. When you lack money, you lack panasa, you can barely put food on the table, all you have is bread and cucumbers on the table, it's good. As Rabbi Nachman said, that too is good food. So, we see here this Yinan Bechukotai. And this is where we enter the parasha and we get into the Gemara. Ve'im no tishme'uli, and if you do not listen to me, Hashem says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell, uh, tells uh, B'nai Yisrael, ve'lo ta'asu et kol mitvotai ele, and if you won't do these mitvot, ve'im bechukotai tim'asu ve'im et mishpatai tig'an nafyechem, le'vilti asot et kol mitvotai le'havkechem et b'riti. Af ani esetot lachem, b'ifkati alechem behala, et ha'shachefet ve'et ha'kadachat, mechalot enayim m'divot nafesh, uzratem l'arik zarachem v'achalu o'yvechem. Hashem Yitbach brings all these things, all these negative things, these curses, that will happen to a person the second he does not keep the mitvot. Because Hashem is not saying it in a way of saying, oh, you, my son, because you do not keep my Torah, I'm going to punish you, because I don't like you. No. And it says in the, it says in the, the Torah, that I will rebuke you, from all the families upon the earth. Why? Because I love you. 
So the rebuke Hashem gives His Jewish people is because He loves us. But it seems contradictory because we don't have the vision to understand the pain whenever we get it because we don't have the dot to see how Hashem Yitbach is working with us. Our dot is minuscule. Our consciousness in this world is very small. So it's very difficult for us to understand when we get hurt how Hashem is doing good for us because our vision is so small. So Rabbi Nachman says, Hagdalat Do this what? Do this expansion of the consciousness. Mochin de Gadlut. To understand the what? Ki Hashem That Yudke Vavke, which represents the name of Rachamim in this world, is the same as Elokim as Din. Hashem Bach is one. There's no left, there's no right with Hashem Bach. It's one. Now in this world, he creates an awesome, awesome concealment to make us believe that there's Din, there's Rachamim. But really, everything is Rachamim. Everything Hashem Bach does is Rachamim. We just need to, we just need to change our vision a little bit. As one time Rabbi Nathan had a student come to him and a student came to him telling him a dream that he had. That one time he was walking in a house and he saw the entire house tilted upside down. All the vessels and all the furniture, was, everything was upside down. And uh, everyone was laughing at him saying, you're looking at it wrong, it's completely straight. And he came to Rabbi Nathan reporting this dream and Rabbi Nathan responded to him, he said, you know why? Because you're upside down. Hashem, the way he operates in this world is completely right, upright. Everything is straight. But your vision is twisted. So fix your actions. Examine what you're doing. And change yourself. And then you'll see how actually the house was in perfect condition. The same thing is with us. And how do we start with that? Emunah Shlema. Emunah Hashem that everything He does is Amit. That everything He does is Yashahu. Ki tzaddik veyashahu. Hashem is tzaddik and He's Yashahu. He's upright. So we, let's enter this Inan. Because what did He say here in the Torah? He said, if you do not keep my mitzvot, and you don't keep all these mitzvot, and all these chukot of mine, you'll be disgusted and you'll reject them. And that what? That you're going to, what do you call it? Reject all these, uh, that your soul reject all my mishpatim, so that you won't do my mitzvot and you'll separate yourself from my brit, to, to nullify the brit. All these things. Then Hashem sends all these curses. Your, your seed is going to go into... To, Tariq, emptiness. Your enemies are going to eat you. All these things. So now let's enter into Likut Arachot because Rabbi Natan is going to give us something, a chidush that we've never heard before. Something that Chabal Lazman. Amru Rabotein Uzar, the Chachamim say in the Gemara, Nedarim, Daf Pe Aleph Amud Aleph, Ma'i Dichtif. So it brings over there an awesome uh, question. And this is where we open the Gemara. They bring a, a question in the Gemara Nedarim in which they ask what? Why is it that the Tamidei Chachamim have stu- has children that aren't Tamidei Chachamim? Why is it that we always see Tzadikim, that their students always go off the path? The Gemara asks the question. It's been, it's been a problem for thousands of years. And many people bring different answers. Many different Chachamim bring different answers. But one answer comes from Ravina. And what does Ravina say? Ravina says like this. Mipnei shelo be'echu batorat because they did not bless on the Torah in the beginning. Meaning before they studied Torah, they did not bless Birkot Torah. Already that's a very interesting answer, which seems like a very simple thing. Okay, they didn't do a bracha, and now their students are not Tamidei Chachamim. Great, something huge, a huge repercussion for such a small action. But look at this. This is where it goes even further. <clears throat> it says, this is something amazing. Da'amar Rav Yehuda Amar Rav. That Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav. And he, 
he brings a proof for Ravina. Look what he says here. My dirtiv, what does it mean when it says in the Pasuk? Who is the wise man, the understanding man? Who is the wise man who will understand this thing? And it continues, what? What is that thing? And who is to whom Hashem's mouth has spoken? Meaning, who is this person who can understand this thing? And who Hashem speaks to? Meaning, who is the Chacham who understands this question? And the Navi who Hashem speaks to, to reveal this answer. Who can tell me why the, the, the earth has been perished? Why the earth has gone spoiled? Meaning, why the Bet HaMikdash has been destroyed? That was laid to waste like a desert with no uh, passerbys. Like no travelers. Why is it that the land of Israel has been completely destroyed? Why is it, has, have we gone into Galut? And what is it? They ask this question. Upon this idea. So, the Gemara asked this question. And what does it say? Look what it says here. It's something amazing. This thing, these two questions that Hashem asked. He asked all the Chachamim and the Nevi'im. What was the question? Why is it that the land has perished? And why is it that this land has been laid waste like a desert with no uh, passerbys? No travelers. Why is it that the Bet HaMikdash has been destroyed? And Hashem Idbar asked this question to all the Chachamim and the Nevi'im. And you know what happened? They couldn't even answer it. Until Hashem Idbar came out with the answer himself. And you know what Hashem Idbar said? Dirtiv, as it says in the verse, Vayomer Hashem al ozva metorati, because you left my Torah. Hanu lo shameu bekoli, meaning you did not listen to my voice. Hanu lo halchuba, because you did not walk on the pathway. And look at this. Velo halchuba, because you did not walk on the pathway of the Torah. Hashem Yitbach answers the question. Now, all the Mifashim have a big question on this Gemara. Everyone asks it. How is it that no Chacham or no Navi could answer this question? It's the simplest answer. Why? It's written in the Torah a hundred times. If you do not walk on my pathway, this will happen to you, this will happen to you, this will happen to you. It's obvious. You don't walk with the Torah, the Bet HaMikdash gets destroyed. So what's the question in the first place? Meaning the question on the simple level is not something we understand at all. And they understand there that what, the, what, is the, what did they bring the answer for? They did not bring the, they did not bless on the Torah beforehand. What does that even mean? The matters are perplexing. They're, they're awesome. There's something we can't understand. As all the mefashim, all the commentaries on the Torah were itpalu, they were in wonder. They were, they were pele. They had a, this wonder with this question. Specifically what is brought over there. That this question was asked to all the chachamim, the neviim, and no one can answer it. And Hashem answered the question. So what's going on here? That nobody could answer the question? Why the, why the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed? Why the land of Eretz Yisrael was laid to waste? Rabbi Nathan saying, what is going on here? What's, this, what's the ruckus about? Who didn't know that the destruction of the temple was because they transgressed the Torah? It's obvious. Isn't the entire Torah filled with verses like we just mentioned in this week's parasha? 
as it says, Ki Moshe Rabenu ala Bashan Ba'atmo. Moshe Rabenu already resolved the question, to the, the answer to the question. Im telechu, im no if you walk on my pathway, etc., etc., but if you don't, all this will happen to you. Azman, so what's, what's happening here? That it's written in many places across the Torah and the Nevi'im. That what? If we'll transgress the Torah, the earth will be passed over, the land of Israel will be laid to waste, we'll go into Galut, etc., etc. And all the Nevi'im resolved the question also. So he says, Rabinatan says, not only is it that it's a huge question why nobody could answer it, when it's simple, it's written across the Torah. And second, even the answer that they brought, that Ravina brought in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, that brought in the name of Rav, that they said, what? Because they did not bless in the Torah in the beginning. What does that even mean? That it's such a big sin that they did not bless Birkot Torah before they studied Torah, that they left Eret Yisrael because of this? There's something happening here that we don't understand. It's a wonder. But the main thing that Hashem Yitbach was asking all the Nevi'im and the Chachamim with regard to this question that we have right here in the Gemara, that they should understand this very well. And to try to really tell, tell Hashem Yitbach why the land was lost. Hashem is asking everyone, why is it that the land was lost? Nobody has an answer. But Hashem Bach is asking them for a certain reason. And what's the reason for this? So that we can have something good come out from this. And what is that? So that so that now what? We can understand how to rectify the blemishes in which the Beta Migdash was destroyed. Hashem Yitbach is asking the question for a certain reason. You know what the reason is? So that we understand how to repair the damage in which the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. We think it has nothing to do with us. But it's brought in the Gemara. That what? That every... Any generation in which the Beit HaMikdash is not built in his days is as if the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed in his days. Meaning every single day the Beit HaMikdash is not built is as if we're destroying it. And Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman brings up the answer. How do we build it? Da'at. The Beit HaMikdash is considered Da'at. Consciousness. The more you draw close to Hashem, to His Torah, this is how you build the Beit HaMikdash. The Noam Elimelech Melijensk, the Noam Elimelech, the big tzaddik, one of the students of the Bar Shem Tov, the Magi de Mezlich, he used to do Tikkun Chatzot every single night. Tikkun Chatzot is a prayer a person gets up in the midnight, at midnight, which is six hours after Tzedek Ochavim. Uh, being nightfall. All the tzaddikim, the kubanim, the chasidim, the brasserers, they get up at midnight and they start doing tikkun chatzot. Tikkun chatzot is our set of, our set of prayers, teilim, that the Arizal composed. On what? On the destruction of the temple and mourning the destruction of the temple. They take off their shoes, they go to the front of the doorpost, they put themselves under the mezuzah and they start bending their head and they start reading tikkun chatzot. Rabbi Nachman said, this is a piece of advice I can give everyone to wake up Chatzot. He said, this is the essence of a Jew. To wake up Chatzot. At Chatzot, HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes down and it's brought down the door of HaKadosh in Parashat Vayikha. Daf Tedvav, I believe, over there or somewhere. What did he say? HaKadosh Baruch Hu descends down to Gan Eden to sit down with all the Tzadikim and the Chasidim 
And anyone who gets up at Chatzot to study Torah and to engage in Tigun Chatzot is considered a Chaver of Hashem Is considered Hashem's friend. When have you heard of such things? The Zohar Kadosh Kabishim Bayochai is saying, how do you be a friend of Hashem Bach? When you get up Chatzot to mourn the destruction of the temple with him. And what happens? That Hashem Bach enters Gan Eden to sit with the Tzadikim and he's with delight with the Tzadikim. He has shashuim, delight and awesome enjoyment with the Tzadikim. But all those who get up, it's as if a fragrance gets up from the Gan Eden at Tachton, the lower Gan Eden, which is this world, and rises to the Gan Eden. And Hashem Bach is besimcha with all those neshamot who get up here in this world. Why? Because me, me shemit abel bechorbana, this inyan and the Gemara that it's brought down in the Midrash, that one who mourns over the destruction of the temple will see it rebuilt. And for, for Hashem Ba'ad, there's nothing bigger. So, Noam and Melech used to get up at Chatzot and used to bang his head. You know why? Because he said, Hashem Ba'ad, I destroyed the Bet HaMikdash. I destroyed the Bet HaMikdash. And he used to start crying and crying over the destruction of the temple. Until what happened? Until... He would comfort himself and console himself with one dibur. Blessed is Hashem that I was not made a goy. Thank you, Hashem Ibach, that I was born a Jew. And he said, This nekuda tova is alone enough. Enough for me to, to bring me to a huge simcha. And he used to start dancing. The Torah is applicable to every single generation. The Beta Mikdash is literally being destroyed as we're beings, as, right now, as it's happening right now. Because if the Gemara is telling us that if the Beit HaMikdash is not rebuilt right now, it's as if we destroyed it, then right now it's being destroyed. So how do we restore it? And we're going to see here this Inyan. This is the entire question. How to restore the Beit HaMikdash? And Hashem Yidbach's question to the Nevi'im and the Chachamim and the Gemara is going to teach us how to restore the Beit HaMikdash. So look at this piece of advice. Umayin nafka What's the practical difference that now what? If it was already destroyed and how through what it was destroyed and what's the reason it was destroyed if it's already been destroyed and it's already happened. So what's the, what's the reason now? So Rabbi Nathan saying it's to bring us something. And he says what? A person can say whatever already happened, happened. Whatever already happened, happened. But Rabbi Nathan says that's not the truth because this is happening right now. So you want to understand the answer to this? Let's see. So he says what? The reason why the Chachamim and the Nevi'im could not answer the question why the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed is because of what? It's amok, amok means anyway. It's deep, deep who will find it. It's one of the deepest questions. So Hashem Yitbach explains the answer as we saw, right? Meaning what? What did Hashem Yitbach say? The reason why the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed and the land was laid desolate was because what? They did not listen to my voice and they did not walk on the pathway of the Torah. And look what Rabbi Nathan says. Meaning, even though the Jewish people transgress many tremendous sins, even, even idol worship, the worst of all, nonetheless, within the depths of their heart, their hearts were still yearning and on fire for Hashem Yitbach. 
The great waters, the Maim Rabim, the vast waters, Lo Yuchlim, they're not able to extinguish the, the love within the heart. What? It Ahava. The love between Bnei Israel and, their, and their, Jewish, their father in heaven. There is no bigger love than Bnei Israel and, and Hashem Itbach. And nothing can extinguish that love. Even all the Averot in the Torah. Rabbi Nathan said, a person can transgress the Torah 800 times over and I will still be able to find with him countless Nekudot Tovot. Countless good points. You know why? Because every single Jew, the second he's born, he has Nekudot Tovot. You know why? Because he has a Neshama. And who can say that the neshama of a Jew is not perfect because Hashem Ba created it? So look at this. The rivers cannot drown this love between me and my Father in heaven, between me and Hashem Therefore, what's the job of the Jewish people whenever they're down in distress, whenever they cannot study the Torah properly, whenever they can transgress the entire Torah and they fall into Abu Zarah? What's the one job of the Jewish people? Grab onto whatever Torah you can. Whichever halakha you can. As Rabbi Nachman says, what did he say? What does Rabbi Nachman say? He says, we know the first question that they ask in the Shamayim, when a person gets up there is what? Did you study Torah? Kavata manim. Did you set times for the Torah? Did you set time for the Torah? So what happened? What does Rabbi Nachman say on this inyan? A beautiful chidush in Sikhot Aran. He says what? Did you set time for the Torah? Kavata comes from the word kovea, to rob. You know what kovea means? Kovea kovehem nefesh. As it brought down in the verse. What? You rob the soul from them. Kovea means to rob. Rabbi Nachman says, when you want to study Torah, kavata itim la Torah. It's not did you set time to study Torah. It's did you rob times to study Torah. Did you steal times to study Torah? The Torah cannot come easy. You have to rob it. You have to grab it. So what did he say? Rabbi Nachman brings the language lachtof. When you're in distress and you have nothing left, you have to chotef, you have to kidnap the Torah. Grab onto whatever mitzvah you have. Rabbi Nachman says, even when you have nothing left, grab onto whatever you can do. Give a penny to tzedakah. Any simple thing, dance for Hashem Itbah. The Bar Shem Tov was once standing before uh, all his students. And Eliyahu Navi came to the Bar Shem Tov and told Eliyahu, uh, Bar Shem Tov. He said, Bar Shem Tov, you know, there's someone who serves Hashem Itbah with more simcha than you in this city. Bar Shem Tov said, What? He said, show him to me right now. So Eliyahu Navi brought him to the place. And all the Bar Shem Tov and his students are hiding behind this bush to see who this man is. How he serves Hashem Itbach. They're hiding behind a bush and they see a man in a field. Looks like an Amaretz. Looks like a, a complete ignoramus. But what's he doing? He's doing cartwheels in the field. Flipping in the field. And he's saying, Hashem Itbach, I have nothing. I don't know Torah. But I'm flipping for you. And he faints. He gets so tired, he dehydrated, he faints. He wakes up, says, Hashem Bach, I don't know anything, but I have a little flute, so I'm going to play the flute. And he starts playing the flute until he has no breath and he faints again. And this happens time and time over. And Yon Navi, he said, he said to the Bashantov, he said, look, you see what happened? This is a man who Hashem Bach derived the most simcha from. Because when he has nothing, he serves Hashem Bach with the ultimate simplicity. As Rabbi Nachman says, the main chokhmah of all the chokhmot, ha chokhmah chokhmot, the greatest wisdom of all the chokhmot, do not be wise at all. You think you have all the Torah under your belt, you think you're a tamid chacham. Throughout all the chokhmah, even chokhmot morot, even the true wisdom of the Torah, and serve Hashem Bach with simplicity. Like a servant, like a simple slave. Serve Hashem Bach as if you're jumping through fields, Rabbi Nachman says. He says in Torah, he says like this, 
He says a person can understand the paradox which everyone has a question on. What is the, what's the paradox everyone has a question on? Sadiq veralo, rasha vetovlo. How is it that the tzaddikim suffer and the rasha prospers in this world? How is it that all the righteous people, they have to go through such difficult lives? And all the wicked people, they go through such easy times. And you know what Rabbi Nachman said? He said, if a person wants to understand this answer, throw away all your chokhmah and serve Hashem Ibaq like a complete evid. Go into complete avdut and servitude. Jump as if you were going to jump into a, a bush full of thorns just for Hashem Ibaq. Rabbi Nachman says like this, to roll around in all sorts of mud and mire to serve Hashem Bach. It's not written anywhere in the Torah to serve Hashem Bach by jumping in mud. Rabbi Nachman on his last Rosh Hashanah in Umar, or I forget, a few Rosh Hashanah before he passed away, he was with all students, and on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, they were going to do Tashlich in the lake. And they're all going down. And to go down to the lake, there was this muddy slope. And they all started walking down. And by the lake... They're all dressed in white. And Rabbi Nachman falls into the mud. And all the students ra- grab to get him. And Rabbi Nachman says, no, leave me here. He's sitting in the mud, leaving me here. And he says, leave me here. And what does Rabbi Nachman tell all the students? He says, now I've understood why tzaddikim suffer and why Rashaim prosper. From that inyan we understand. When you're willing to serve Hashem from the mud, when it's dirty, when no one else wants to serve him from that place. You want to do cartwheels for Hashem Bach, even though the Torah says nothing about that? That's when Hashem reveals the greatest secrets to you. You want to understand the greatest secrets of the Torah? Stop trying to, trying to understand. Stop trying to be the best at understanding. Stop trying to have the most wisdom. Serve Hashem Bach with the ultimate simplicity. Follow the halakha even though you don't understand it. That is the highest level. Of all the chokhmot, Rabbi Nachman says this is a true chacham. One who actually has, throws away all the wisdom. The Torah that even he studies and serves Hashem with simplicity. That when it comes the master to the time of action to do the mitzvah, when he gets tzedakah, he's not doing tzedakah because he's going to have all these brachot. He's not doing tzedakah because of all these reasons. He's doing tzedakah simply because Hashem commanded to give tzedakah. And even the mitzvah that makes sense in this world, even the mitzvah of Derech Eretz, even the mitzvah which makes sense, do not murder, do not steal, be honorable to your par- give honor to your parents, all these things that make sense to us, we should not do them because they make sense. We should do them simply because Hashem Bach commanded us to do so. And that's the highest level of service of Hashem Bach. And that's what Rabbi Nachman says is the main reason why the world was created. So that the emunah, the final generation, will last. So that we will serve Hashem Bach without sophistication. With complete simplicity. So Rabbi Nachman continues. Rabbi Nathan continues in this. He says like this, to grab whatever halakha you could, even in your darkness. That when the Jewish people, they did all the avodah zarah, what's their avodah Hashem from that place? Grab whatever small thing you do. Just because you were doing chatzot, you were doing yidbodedut, you were doing this and that, doesn't mean that even when you're in the lowest place, you cannot serve Hashem with the smallest deed. As Rabbi Nachman says, the ikawa tefillah is what? Mi beten she'or shivati. From the belly of hell I cried out. Even when the entire world deems you to gain up, do whatever mitzvah you can do. One time, the mitnagdim, those people who opposed Hasidim, came to Rabbi Natan and Breslev. And they asked Rabbi Natan, they said, what if Hashem Ibarach decrees that you go to Gainam? What are you going to do? Rabbi Natan said, it's very simple. I'm going to open up a Likut Emoran, Rabbi Nachman's book, and I'm going to start reading a Torah. Or I'm going to open up one of Rabbi Nachman's Sipur Masyot. And the tzaddikim are going to have so much jealousy from me that they're going to come down into Gainam and they're going to make it Gan Eden. You can serve Hashem from every single place. 
any single place you can serve Hashem. Do not think for one second that you cannot serve Hashem from even the most filthy places. In fact, that's the highest honor of Hashem. When the furthest person comes, as it says in the Zohar Kadosh, Kad Yitro, Keden Shmad When Yitro came and said, that now Hashem is great from all the other gods. When Yitro came and converted from all the other religions, he served every idol. He was Kohen Midian, the priest of Midian. There was not a person in the world that served more idols than Yitro. And what happened? He heard of all the miracles and he came to Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, I want to convert. Because now I know that Hashem is greater than every other God. And what, did, what happened immediately when he said that? It's brought down in the Zohar Kadosh. Immediately, the name of Hashem Itbach, Immediately, the name of Hashem Itbach grew precious and ascended up in a place where it never had risen before. You know why? Because the greatest kavod Hashem Itbach is when the person, person furthest from him comes close to him. There is nothing bigger than Hashem Itbach. Uh, there's nothing bigger for Hashem than when the furthest person comes close. Than the, when the person in Gainam, literally in this world, when he has nothing under his belt, no mitvot, comes to say Shema Yisrael. The simplest deed. We don't need to be sophisticated. So what did he say? What did Hashem Yisrael say? The reason why the, Torah, the, the land went desolate was because they did not snatch the halacha in their darkness. They completely left the Torah. And not only that, they did not listen to my voice. What's listening to my voice? What is listening? Rabbi Nathan brings. It's brought down in the Zohar Kadosh. Listening is dependent upon the heart. You want to listen? Turn your heart from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Into a lev basar. It's a play on the word breslev. That every single moment you have to try to listen to the voice of Hashem that's calling within your heart, that's telling you to return. That's the main inyan of Shmiyah. Shmiyah belibatalia. Shmiyah is dependent upon the heart. That's the main thing. And it continues. What is Rabbi Nathan saying? The main inyan of a serving Hashem from darkness is that even when you're not able to do something, that what? Try to listen to the voice of Hashem that's speaking to you within your heart. That what? You should reinforce yourself with retzonot chazakim, strong retzonot, strong desires. Kisufim dolim, yearnings, huge yearnings for Hashem in Bach. Just because you cannot do, did not mean you should not want to do. Rabbi Nachman is telling you something that is maybe one of the biggest pieces of advice that you can have. Everyone today thinks just because you do not do it, it's over. Just because you do not study Gemara does not mean you're. Just because you do not study Gemara does not mean you're not. You cannot become tzaddik. You have to want to study Gemara. And even if you don't want, you have to want to want. If I don't want to have the, the desire right now to go to the mikveh, okay, but at least I should want to have the want to, to go to the mikveh. Meaning, even if the desire is not within me, I should want a desire. Never forbid yourself or forgive yourself from that ratzon. The raton can be a thousand times off. Even though you're not doing the act, just because you don't have enough raton, at least want to want to get there. Just because I'm not a tzaddik and I, just because I don't do the action of tzaddik does not mean I do not want to be a tzaddik. 
That's what Rabbi Nachman is telling you. Everything starts with the Ratzon. Haikar ze'ashtokekut ve'akisufim ve'agagoim. The main thing he tells us in Lesson 66 of the Kutaman, the main thing is what? Ha'ishtokekut. The desires. Ha'kisufim, the yearnings, ha'gagoim. The longing for Hashem Yitbach. That's the main thing. You want to draw close to Hashem Yitbach? You want to be a tzaddik? It's the bigger the yearning. All the tzaddikim attain what they did because they yearned for it. So we have to yearn. Just because we're not there does not mean we should not yearn. Yearning requires no work. No work. It just means to want. So we actually have to pray to Hashem Yitbach that Hashem increases our ratzonot. Because Rabbi Natan is saying here, why did they destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Because they did not hear my voice. Why did Hashem Yitbach destroy the Beit HaMikdash? Because he said, they did not listen to my voice. And what did listening to my voice mean? They did not reinforce their heart to want me, even when they did not do anything. That's the main thing. This is the most precious thing. This is very precious. is brought down in another place. And what does it mean that they do not walk on the pathway? That the answer Ravina brought in the Gemara. That they did not bless on the Torah in the beginning. Before they read the Torah, they did not bless on the Torah. What does that mean? It's not simple. It's not a simple language of what it means. Meaning what? It's not only one time where they fell into such tremendous descent, where they completely threw off the yoke of religion and they fell into Abu Zarah. This happened many times over in Jewish history. It's certain that in the beginning they engaged in the Torah a little bit when they were still strong, but they fell off. And what happened? What's the main reason why it was destroyed? Because they did not bless the Torah in the beginning. What does that mean? Rabbi Natan says, They did not give their heart the simcha of the fact that they had the portion of the Torah within them. That even though they were not fulfilling the Torah, they did not make themselves besimcha for the fact that they said to themselves, we still have the Torah. That's the main reason. They did not give their heart something to rejoice about for the fact that they received the Torah. Because even though you do not fulfill the Torah, does not mean what? That you do not have it. Even the lowest Jew in the Jewish people is filled with mitzvot like a pomegranate. As brother the Gemara. There is not one Jew that is rid of mitzvot. The main thing is you just have to find the nekudah tovah within you to restore your, your hope again. Your tikva. And you have to think Hashem over the chesed that Hashem does with you. Every single moment, the wondrous chesed that he does with us all the time, that what's the bracha of the Torah that we make? That he chose us over all the nations. And he gave us his Torah. What did it say in the Zohar? The Torah, Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. When we bless on the Torah, we're blessing on us and we're blessing on Hashem Ibarach. We are Ahdud Gamur. We are completely one. There's no separation. We are not separated from Hashem Yitbach one little bit. But the main thing is to believe that we have to have Simcha in the Torah, even though we don't fulfill it. At least to believe that what? We want it. And this is our hope forever, for eternity. This is the essence of the Birkat Torah. What do we say? To be happy with all our strength, with the sweetness of our portion and our lot. 
How Hashem chose for us to be a Jew. This is why the Chachamim say that we have to be very careful when we bless on the Torah in the morning. Why? That each and every Jew has to see even if he's fallen to the lowest place as if he's been distant from Hashem Yitbach. As if God has pushed him away even. That what? That this man has to accustom himself to find the nekudot tovot within himself that he still finds himself worthy. That what? That he still has a place in the Torah. That he still did something good. That he still honored his parents. That he still put on tefillin. That she still gave a smile across the street. That she still gave tzedakah. That the man went to the mikveh. That the man opened up a word of Torah. That he thought of Hashem Yitbarach. That he put on a kippah. That he put on tzitzit. How many mitzvot do we do every single day? And we're saying this is simple. This is nice. This is cheesy. Okay, great. There is no deeper Torah than this. There is nothing deeper in the world. You can bring the entire Zohar, the Etz Chaim, the writings of the Ari Kadosh, the Kabbalah, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Thod, everything into this Torah. Azamra, it's called. How do you sing to Hashem Bach? There are good points within you. So as never to give up hope that even the lowest Jew can still find Hashem Bach from where he is. This is the deepest Torah that exists. It's the Torah of the Mashiach. The Mashiach is going to be a master of this Torah. Lo hibit aven ve'yakov ve'lo ra'a amar ve'yisrael et says. Hashem Bar does not look at the transgression within Yaakov and he does not see the Amal by Israel. Hashem Bar chooses to ignore all the bad points within the Jewish people. What did he choose to do? Only the Nekudot Tovot. And the Mashiach is going to be a master of this work to find the Nekudot Tovot within every single Jew. In fact, he's going to find Nekudot Tovot even within the Jew's sin. How within the Jew's sin, the Jews still try to find Hashem Bar. What we talked about last week, to search for Hashem Bach even from within the dark place. There is nothing bigger for Hashem Bach as we just said above. That even though we did all the Avodah Zarah in the world, within the depths of their heart, their hearts were still burning for Hashem. That's the Nekudah Tovah. So this is the main thing. With this, we'll be able to merit to exit all the tzachot, all the pains, all the anguish that a Jew goes through. He'll be able to leave. When what? He finds the Nekudah Tovah. And he'll be able to truly draw close to Hashem. Not with Shekel, not with honor. Truth. That's how he'll draw close to Hashem. There is not a fall in the world, even the worst of all the falls, the worst of all the sins. There is not a sin that you cannot come close to Hashem Bach and still say to Hashem Bach that I still have Nekudot Tovot. Rabbi Nathan says this piece of advice goes for every single descent in the world. No matter how low you go, you did not study Torah, you did not do this, you did the worst sins in the world. Even from that place, even with all those sins that you did, you can still find Hashem Bach with the Nekudah Tovah you do. As it says in the, in the Pasuk, and I'll say this a thousand times if I need to. David HaMelech writes in Tehidim, and Rabbi Nachman explains, with a little bit more, and Rasha. He's no longer Rasha. You'll look at his place. He's no longer there. Meaning with just a little bit more of the good that you find within another Jew, even within yourself, as Rabbi Nachman said, you have to find the Nekudah Tovah within every single Jew, even the Jew that embarrasses you, even the Jew that gives you pain. Because even within him, there's a Nekudah Tovah. And once you find the Nekudah Tovah within him, 
You'll look at his place, you'll look at his madriga where he stands, he was no longer at the same place where he, was, where he was before you judged him. Meaning what? After you judge a person positively, he no longer stands in the same place. Hashem is about to tilt his scale up there. From chayav to zacha. From what? From guilty to merit. There's, not, there's no bigger avodah than this. As Rabbi Nachman said, only do this. This is the highest avodah Hashem of a Jew. This is the highest avodah Hashem. And there's nothing more difficult, obviously, because the source of simcha comes from this Torah. You want to be happy in your life? You have to find an ikudot tovot. In any single circumstance, that's why we are not happy. And this is what Rabbi Nathan says. You want to understand the answer to this question? Because they did not bless on the Torah in the beginning. Because of this. They were not happy in the fact that they still had a portion in the Torah. Even in the biggest darkness. Even in their biggest descent. And all our hope to return to our land. And to restore the Bet HaMikdash. Is through this piece of advice. Azamra. Nekudot Tovot. And you're going to see. It's very difficult to return. The the bad davar is constantly trying to uh, ambush a person. He's coming from all sides, trying to attack a person in this. The is going to try to bring every single person away from Hashem Yitbarach. Especially all those who try to really draw close with fear of Hashem Yitbarach. What's That we did not pay attention to what we were just mentioning. What's the piece of advice? That what? We have to give simcha to our hearts with a little bit of good that we still have within us. Because there's nothing bigger, there's no bigger damage to a Jew than atzvot, than depression, than sadness. Rabbi Nachman tells us, Hashem Yitbach it's brother and Zohar. Hashem Yitbach hates it. He hates a person who's in depression. Yetzirah and atzvot are one idea. Sadness and the Yetzirah are one subject. They're one. You cannot separate them. That's why the Yetzirah stands Aside, whenever a person besimcha, the Yitzhak cannot exist within a person when he's happy. He just waits for the moment whenever the person starts losing the happiness to attack him. When a person's happy, Hashem Yitzhak guards everything for him. And this is the main inyan. As it says in the verse in, with regard to the klalot, that what did it say over there? After all the klalot that are brought down in the Torah, what did it say? Tachat asher lo'abat Hashem lo'kecha besimcha All these klalot, are because you did not serve Hashem with simcha, with happiness, and to live out with a good heart. Meaning, what's the good heart? The heart that you bring joy within to teach yourself and to prove to yourself that you still have a nekuda and you still have a portion within the Jewish people. And this is the main inyan. And we are talking earlier about the inyan of going slowly, slowly. That the main aspect of the Torah, Rabbi Nachman teaches us, is not to go fast. Le'at, le'at. Rabbi Nachman's last words before he passed away were two words. Le'at, le'at. Slowly, slowly. As his students were laying him on the deathbed and they were moving him a few hours before he passed away, a few moments before he passed away, he started saying, le'at, le'at. Slowly, slowly. 
This isn't something Rabbi Nachman is telling his students because he was in pain to say, move me slowly, slowly. The Kavanah was for this. That when a Jew is trying to serve Hashem Bach, when he really his heart is burning for Hashem Bach, he gets depressed because he wants to do too much. He gets depressed because he's not feeling as if he did enough. He feels as if he could do so much more and he's not doing even the smallest bit of his potential. But what does Rabbi Nachman say? Le'at, le'at. Slowly, slowly. You want to do the Torah? The Torah does not come when you try to do everything in, uh, in one shot. Shuvah does not come when you try to do everything in one shot. As Rabbi Nachman teaches in Nikot Moran, in Torah Vav, Ikara Shuvah. The essence of Shuvah is what? Hampton, to wait. Katar li ze'er this brother Neyov, wait for me a little while. Katar comes the word Keter, the crown. The crown of Hashem in Bach is Teshuvah. And what's the crown of Hashem? Wait for me a little while and I'll show you. Hashem Itbach saying to us who want to do Teshuvah, wait for me a little bit. Continue holding on just at the entrance of the gate of holiness. Wait for me a little bit and I'll show you. But you need to wait. Do not try to do everything in one shot. When Rabbi Nathan came to Rabbeinu for the first time and Rabbi Nathan told Rabbeinu about all the struggles that he had with all the difficulties that he had in studying Torah that he could not study properly, that he wasn't studying enough. Abenu said, a little bit is also good. There's no bigger advice for Abu Hashem than a little bit is also good. To take joy even within the little that we do. Never to beat ourselves up even though we do not want to do. Even though we do not end up accomplishing it. Because what? The main thing is the ratzon. As long as you have the ratzon and you have a strong desire that no one's going to stop you, you will eventually get there. But the main thing is to be besimcha wherever you are. That's what Hashem Yitbach wants from us. What does it mean that what? When David HaMelech says, If I send up to heaven, there you are. But if I descend down to Sheol Geinam, to hell, here you are. What does that mean? If I go up to heaven, meaning I'm doing all the Avodat Hashem in the world, Shamata, there you are. Meaning, when I'm starting to feel a little bit confident over the fact that I'm doing so much, Shamata, Hashem is there. He distances himself from a person. Do not think for one second just because you're a Tamit Chacham and you have peyot and a beard that you're close to Hashem Yitbarach. If you think you're close, you're very far. But what? But if you find yourself in the pit, if you constantly feel down, Hineka, he's here. Hashem is close to the, um, to the Ani. Hashem never despises the man with a broken heart. And uh, a broken and crushed heart. There is nothing more precious than Hashem's eyes. But Rabbi Nachman saying, from that place, be besimcha with the little bit that you do. And there's a beautiful story of... Yeah, you have a question? You said that uh, he, God hates when a person is depressed, but then he's close to a person with a broken heart. You want to understand the difference between depression and brokenheartedness. Yeah. So Rabbi Nachman brings the answer to Tzichot Aran. He says like this, you want to understand the difference between depression and being, having a broken heart? Depression is like a person who, who complains to Hashem Bach as if everything is going wrong against him. Oh, Hashem Bach, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? He's angry. Brokenheartedness is as if a person is longing from the place in which he is. He's far from Hashem. He says, Hashem Bach, why am I so far from you? One comes from a completely different place in the body. The Zohar says that Advut comes from Tchol, the spleen, where all the bad blood is. But what? Lev a broken heart comes from the, the heart. There's nothing more shalem than a lev nishbach. The Bar Shem Tov once said, there's nothing more complete than a broken heart. 
Meaning the broken heartedness, you want to understand if it's broken heartedness, it's when, when you're still wanting. That's the main key. If you still want Hashem Yidbach from your darkness, then you have a broken heart. If you're depressed, it's a place when you've, you've become completely uh, stagnant. Depression is like this. It's a straight line. There's no movement. There's no longing. The main thing is the kisufim, the desires, the yearning. Even when you cannot accomplish, long. There's a beautiful thing in the Gemara Kiddushin. They bring a, an example in the Gemara Kiddushin. A man says, for example, in a scenario, a man says, I want to marry you on the condition that I'm a tzaddik. And the man's a simple man. Not a tzaddik at all. But he says, I'm going to marry you on the condition that I'm a tzaddik. What happens? Mekudashet. It's considered as if it considered Kiddushin. The guy is married. You want to know why? Because in that moment, in that decision, the man said, I want to be tzaddik. And the ratzon is enough to create the maser. Can you imagine the halacha? The man is married because what? He wanted to be tzaddik. And he was determined to be tzaddik. And even later, if he did not become tzaddik, in that moment, in that moment, he wasn't tzaddik because he wanted to be there. There's no bigger proof than that. The main thing is that it's not in the Kisufi. And there's a beautiful story of Saba Yisrael. One of the recent Brasil Hasidim, the one who received the Petek. And it's a beautiful story. I recommend anyone who wants to understand Rabbi Nachman, go study the story of Rabbi Yisrael. It's an incredible story. And the suffering he had to go through, the Simcha he always was in. Look up even on YouTube, Saba Yisrael. Um, you'll see videos of him, a very big Brasil Tzaddik, who received a note from Rabbi Nachman a hundred years after Rabbi Nachman passed away. A miracle that's it's like a petak min shamar. Just like Baruch Shamar landed on the table of the Anshek Neset Agdola, we know Baruch Shamar was a petak from the Shamaim. It was a note from the heaven. Baruch Shamar wasn't instituted by the Anshek Neset Agdola. They once went in the morning into the Anshek Neset Agdola, they went into the Bet Midrash, and they found a note on the table with Baruch Shamar written on it. Same thing. Rabbi Nachman wrote a note to a student 100 years after his passing. This tzaddik, Rabbi Saba Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael Dovodeser, he used to get up chatzot every single night. And in his old age, he was on a wheelchair. It was very difficult for him. He was, every single dollar he saved up was to eventually put all the money into a printing press called the Keren Rabbi Israel. The Keren. And in the Keren, all the books of Rabbi Nachman are published. This is, all the books I have of Rabbi Nachman are all from the Keren. He had $300,000 left in his life, in his will. He put every single dollar towards the, uh, the Keren. To build the Karen. Every last dollar. He did not use a dollar for his own apartment even. He used to stay between people's homes. Just to show you the sacrifice. He used to go from week to week. A tzaddik that you have no idea. Mekubalim used to come to him for a piece of advice. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Zalman Shazar, the vice president of Eret Yisrael at the time. Or the president of Eret Yisrael at the time. What do you call it? The, it came to him for a piece of advice. Zalman Shaman Shazar was like this. To Rabbi Yisrael he met, you know, you know how he met Rabbi Yisrael Dovodesa? Rabbi Yisrael Dovodesa was in Tveria. He was the only Breslev Hasid in Tveria. In a time where Breslev was completely spit on. Everyone was burning the books of Rabbi Nachman. It was something completely despised. He was one in a, in a thousand at the time. He used to receive a tenth of the salary of all the other yeshiva students. He had children that died from hunger because of it. Just to show you. He was screaming Tikun Chatzot from the Kever of Rabbi Meir Balanes. 
until Zaman Shazar, the president of Israel, who was traveling through Tiberia at the time for diplomatic uh, uh, meetings, heard a man screaming in the town, a small town. He said, what is going on here in his house? He was sleeping. Screaming from Rabbi Meir Baranes' kebel. He goes all the way up to the kebel and he sees an old man sitting down by the kebel, screaming tikkun chatot. He said, who is this guy? So it's speaking to him and immediately they get like this. There's a bond between them. There's letters written between them. An amazing thing. A chizuk that you have no idea. Saba Yisrael in his old age was on a wheelchair. And uh, he used to wake up chatzot. He was accustomed to this every single night. But in his old age, it got very difficult to go out to the forest. As Rabbi Nachman advised, go out to the forest and speak your heart to Hashem. Converse in Hashem with Hashem in your own language. Rabbi Nachman said, there's no higher service of Hashem than to speak to Hashem in your own language. It's called Hidbodedut. Remember this, engrave it, do it every single day. Rabbi Nachman said, I advise my students to do this for at least an hour a day. Speak to Hashem in your own language. There is no higher avodat Hashem. Somebody used to do this all the time. In his old age, he got tired. And he used to have students around him helping him get dressed, this and that. So the students used to get up for chatot, and Saba used to be alone in the house. So what happened? Saba one time told the student, he said, come dress me, I'm coming with you. He said, what? You're coming with me? You're in the wheelchair. How are you going to get out of the house? There's steps. He said, don't worry. Get dressed. Get me dressed. And they start putting on the clothes. 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes. The guy already spent half his time of chatzot in the house instead of doing his bodhidut. By the time he's done, <laughs> the guy comes to Saba. He said, okay, let's go. He said, Saba said, no, I can't. The door, the, the wheelchair is too big for the door. The man said, then what do you make me do all this time for? He said, because... The main thing I can do right now is get dressed. After that, it's not my problem. But right now, all I can do is get dressed. And that's all I can do. But I still have the yearning to do chatzot. I still have the yearning to get dressed and as if I'm going, to out, going out to the forest to do chatzot. That's Mesihut Nefesh. And um, just to finally end off on this inyan, this inyan of simplicity, Rabbi Shmuel Isaac, one of the bigger chassidim of uh, Rabbi Nachman, was uh, once traveling across the country. Rabbi Shmuel Isaac had Gilui Aliyahu all the time. Rabbi Shmuel Isaac was a student of Rabbi Nachman who was a master of prayer. He used to speak to his limbs to control his limbs. Rabbi Nachman gave him a piece of advice. Speak to your limbs every single day until you control every single limb of yours. Till you annul the desires of this world completely. After one point he attained this level, Rabbi Nachman said, you're completely free. You're, you're, you're out of this world. Rabbi Shmuel Isaac one time saw Eliyahu Navi running. He used to see Eliyahu Navi, used to study with Eliyahu Navi. This was common for a lot of the Brasil Hasidim. He once saw Eliyahu Navi running and he said, What? Eliyahu, where are you going? Eliyahu said, I'm running to the heart of the world. Rabbi Shmuel Isaac was confused. He said, Who's the heart of the world? He said, Brasil Hasidim. The Brasil Hasidim, you want to know why? Because they're always happy. Their heart is always besimcha, like we just explained. What's a true heart that's besimcha? When your heart recognizes the portion that you receive from Hashemit Bach, what? That you receive the Torah. Asher that he chose us from all the nations and he gave us his Torah. There is no bigger gift than this. And to end off on this beautiful story, to explain to you the depth of Likutei Rachot. If a person really wants to draw close to Shamit Bach, Likut Arachot. Look at the Haskamah of Likut Arachot. This amazing Likut Arachot, which is incredible. 
It's brought down, you know, in all the books and all the holy sfarim, they always used to have haskamot, approbations, you know. You go to a big tzaddik, he reads the book and he writes a letter to, telling everyone, urging everyone to read the book, right? As an approval to read the book. So let's see this amazing inyan. Rabbi Natan, this was in a time where Breser Chasidim were completely spit on, right? Rabbi Natan used to go to the mikveh, the mit nagdim, the people who oppose Chasidut, used to take Rabbi Natan's clothes and throw it out the window. Rabbi Natan's wife engaged with what? She had to go through stones. People used to throw, throw stones at her. She used to go to the house blooded. You know what it means to be a breast of a chassid at the time? Rabbi Nachman had all the students at the table and he said, you guys are here right now when it's easy because I'm here. But when I'm gone and it's going to be difficult to be a breast of a chassid, we'll see who lasts. Rabbi Natan went through the hell and back. Through suffering that we have no idea. Even Sadiqim that knew of the power of Rabbi Nachman told Rabbi Natan, if you print this book, which book, Sipure Masyot, the 13 tales of Rabbi Nachman, which Rabbi Nachman says, this is the highest Torah I've ever brought down. The tales, stories, which you read to your kids. Rabbi Nachman says, the deepest secrets are written in here. They are so deep, I cannot reveal them in Torah. I have to reveal them in stories. All the secrets of the Zohar, the Tikkunim, the Etz Chaim. It's so high, he cannot reveal it in Torah. He has to bring it down into stories. Because if the Etz sees it's brought down in Torah, there's, uh, no one can grab onto it. But the stories brings the idea within your neshama without you even realizing it. Rabbi Natan wanted to print Sipurim Asiyot a few years after Rabbi who passed away. You know what? A big tzaddik said, Rabbi Yoshua Heshel Me'apta, a big chassid, huge tzaddik. He said, anyone who prints Sipurim Asiyot, after you read one of the stories, he said, anyone who prints Sipurim Asiyot, I will put on him the curse of the man who takes the treasures of Yericho. You know what that is? In Nevi'im, Whenever the Jewish people captured Yericho, Hashem Yitbar gave specific orders that no one were to take the treasures of Yericho. Leave them out. No one take one single treasure. And Achan, one of the people, took the treasures. And he did Shuvah later. The last tefillah of Alenu Shabach, Alken Nekavelach, is a tefillah from Achan. Alken Nekavelach, take the first letters, you have Ayn, Chaf, Nun, Achan. So Rabbi Natan, he went against this Hasid order. Because he said, I know what Rabbeinu wanted that every single Jew, from the lowest Jew to the highest Jew, will read these stories because he can bring a teshuvah that the man is not even realizing the teshuvah is happening to him. It's such a high teshuvah, it's a teshuvah, mile'ela, but from the back. It's a teshuvah that Hashem is doing for you. You don't even realize it's happening. That's the suffering Rabbi Natan went through. And Rabbi Natan was going through all this suffering. When he finished Likutei Al-Achot, Rabbeinu already passed away. And he wanted his Rebbe to write to Askama. And in a dream, What happened? He stands before the Rebbe. He's standing before Rabbi Nachman, his teacher. And he says, what? Rabbeinu, I want you to write Askama, but I've been through so much difficulty. It's been so tough. He starts explaining all the problems he went through. All the pain he went through, all the suffering he went through for years. Trying to print all the books, trying to spread the light. Rabbeinu said, but with your book, you did good. Reinforce yourself, you did good. And a man with a big beard and big peyot in the back, taller guy, white beard peyot, is standing and creeping in the back and he says, Rabbi Nachman, Tov, Rak Tov, Tov Meot. He did very good. Rabbi Natan is saying, Who is this guy in the back? Rabbeinu responds back to him, he says, You want to know who it is? It's Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the, hash, that's the Haskamah of Likut Alachot. You want to know Likut Alachot? 
it was considered tov me'od in the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu. Tov me'od. When have you heard such things? So, Bezat Hashem, in the merit of all the true tzaddikim, in the merit of Rabbi Nachman HaKadosh, in the merit of Rabbi Natan, and all the righteous tzaddikim, may we truly reinforce ourselves to serve Hashem Bach, even from the dark place, to find the nikudat within ourselves, and to be besimcha wherever we are. Bezat Hashem. Anyone have any questions or something? Any inyanim, any ideas? I don't know. If not, we're good to go. That's it? Exactly. It's funny you say that. It's written in Chaim Ohan, in Rabbi Nachman's biography, written by Rabbi Natan, where Rabbeinu told everyone, he said, you guys are confused because you guys see me as if I'm sad on the surface level. I present a face which is very dark. You know why? Rabbi Nachman said, and I'll try to quote the language as much orally as I possibly can. He says, because I've been traveling through journeys and forests in which trees which haven't been cut down for a thousand years and I'm trying to cut them down. Meaning what? I'm dealing with rectifications that have been for thousands of years I'm trying to deal with. Before Rabbi Nachman passed away, to give you an idea, when he entered Uman six months before he passed away, he decided Uman would be his burial spot eight years before he passed away. He saw Uman, the burial place in Uman, where 30,000 Jews, around 30,000 Jews died at Kiddush Hashem, were killed by the Cossacks, the Russian rebels in Ukraine. And he said, this is a place, good place to be buried. From that moment, he decided to be buried in Blessed. Six months before he passed away, he entered Uman. And as he was entering Uman on the carriage ride to Uman, he told Rabbi Nathan the secret of when the Mashiach is coming. And he revealed this secret. And Rabbi Nathan wrote the secret in code. Nobody knows what the code is. It passed away with a certain breast of Rechassi by the name of Rabbi Abraham and Rabbi Nachman. Nonetheless, on this carriage ride also, he told a few other things. He told the Chidush of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And he also said one thing. He said, there are thousands upon tens of thousands of souls that have been waiting for me for hundreds of generations here. And they've been waiting on, for, on me for their tikkun, for their rectification. And here I am coming here to do it for them. Rabbi Nachman's burial place in Uman was very precise. It's brought down in Nikutel Achot, this Inyan, and from the conversation with Rabbi Nachman, that Uman is the center of the tipot of the entire world. It's the center of where the Haskalah movement, the Enlightenment movement, with all the philosophy came out of. It was the center of, God forbid, prostitution, all this stuff. We can't even imagine the sins that happened in Uman. It's the center of the Klippot, Rabbi Nathan said. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Berdichev, one of the biggest tzaddikim at the time of the Baal Shem Tov, the student of the Baal Shem Tov, wanted to establish his Rabbanut in Uman. He entered Uman, all the philosophers of Uman kicked him out. Until they came to Rabbi Nachman, they saw Rabbi Nachman, they were... They were blown away by the wisdom. They were opening up a book. They were reading a, a Greek book and Rabbi Nachman orally gave them the words of the book on the page in Greek without even reading the book. It was an incredible story. So what we're talking about with Rabbi Nachman's inyan of simcha and that it seems on a surface level that he had no simcha, Rabbi Nachman saying, do not learn from me because actually deep inside I'm very happy. On the surface level though, I have to keep a serious face because of all the tikkunim I'm going through. And it's a very serious matter. But just know one thing, that I'm extremely happy and that I have no depression at all. I said, I have the biggest happiness. 
So people got confused with Rabbi Nachman's depression because they thought it was depression. It's forbidden to say Rabbi Nachman had depression. Because Be'emet, on the surface level, he kept that faith to keep the seriousness of the matter. But Rabbi Nachman said, I'm cutting down trees which haven't been cut down for thousands of years. Meaning what? Rectifications upon rectifications. That's the simcha that we're talking about. But Rabbi Nachman said, if you want to learn simcha, go to Rabbi Natan. Rabbi Nachman said, do not learn from me. The tzaddik you cannot learn from. You know why? Moshe It's brought down in the Gemara. The face of Moshe, the face of the tzaddik, Rabbi Nachman, the Barashem Tov, Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai, the Ariza, is like the light of the sun. You cannot look at the sun directly. Try to look at the sun. You'll burn your eyes in half a second. But what do you look at? The moon to see the sun. Because the moon is the reflection of the light of the sun. That's Rabbi Nathan. You want to understand Rabbi Nachman? You go to Rabbi Nathan. So that's what Rabbi Nathan told all the students. Learn from my student Rabbi Nathan. He is the ultimate uh, understanding of Simcha. Good? Yeshua's for everybody.